2: I think it's I think it's the biggest for Patrick Mahomes. Um, because so few quarterbacks even get an opportunity to go back to back. Um, you know, we all know about Tom Brady. Uh, we all know about Joe Montana, but even for someone like Russell Wilson, right? I mean, his career essentially gets derailed. Like a lot of his legacy got compromised with one decision, uh, to not hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. Um, because we would look at Russell Wilson just differently if he had won back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, I know there's only, a, you know, there's less than, I think, 12 quarterbacks who won multiple Super Bowls. Obviously, to do it back-to-back, to have a third, that puts you up there with, like, Terry Bradshaw and obviously Joe Montana, um, Tom Brady. You know, it separates you from even Peyton Manning, right? Peyton Manning had a chance to win back-to-back Super Bowls and couldn't get it done. So I think it actually means a lot more for Patrick Mahomes because it's just... Another way to sort of demonstrate how far he's outpacing people while at the same time, um, I think Andy Reid's already in the Hall of Fame and the Chiefs uh, have obviously established themselves as sort of the team of the decade. So I think I think mostly uh, it really benefits Mahomes, who would and I I tend to agree with most people, guys, who say that if he wins, um, it's him really in position to actually chase Tom
1: Brady. Nate, sometimes I roll my eyes at the experience factor and sometimes, you know, does it, does it really factor into one game? I feel like the experience factor did pay off for the Chiefs in this postseason as a whole. I thought specifically with, with Baltimore. Now you have this kind of again. They have been there, done that. They know how to prepare. They're very organized. Right. San Francisco, are they are they under the pressure of 30 years of not winning one now? It mm. just feels like that the the experience factor can help the Chiefs again.
2: It definitely can because I don't see anybody really um, too high on the moment. I don't see anybody like worried about their preparation. You know, we we talk to the guys, obviously, early in the morning. Um, The way it works out, everybody's available for Super Bowl week, whether you're an assistant coach. um, Obviously, Clark Nuns talked to us, Mark Donovan. um, You know, I don't get a sense from anybody that, uh they aren't prepared it's just a matter of okay this is the last this is the last hurdle you know um you've ran the race now it's just about executing and finishing the task where i feel like for the 49ers much of the game i think in the first quarter is going to come down to how does how does brock Purdy handle the moment you know because if he handles it well then okay it's game on um we got two really good teams that are going to battle it out for 60 minutes Um, But we watch the mental drain that it takes, even for someone like Lamar Jackson, when things aren't going your way and you haven't been there before and the moment is quite big and you're human and it's okay to feel that, Um, you know, it's what makes Patrick Mahomes remarkable because he didn't play well in his first Super Bowl, yet he had enough time and enough talent and mental fortitude to get the team to the finish line in the fourth quarter, right? They were down 10 with seven minutes left, and they scored three straight touchdowns. I mean, it was just, it it is one of the most remarkable moments in NFL history when you consider how that fourth quarter really went in the Chiefs' favor. So for guys like George Kittle, Brendan Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, I'm not worried about them. But I am fascinated to see how they try to help Brock And if Brock is shaky at all, will it start to affect them? Will there be a cumulative impact of, man, if our quarterback's not on it today, this is not the Detroit Lions. This is not a young Green Bay Packers team. This is the defending Super Bowl champions who have been here, who have done that, and they're not going to give you much margin for error to begin with. So don't make it harder on yourself. Um, But experience matters. And in a league where – we're getting younger quarterbacks, where Mahomes at twenty eight is the most experienced guy. He has a mental advantage over just about any opposing quarterback he faces now until maybe maybe Joe Burrow, maybe someone like you know Matthew Stafford. um, but outside of that, the Chiefs have a a a very clear advantage, especially um if it's similar to what it was in the AFC championship game.
0: Talking with Nate Taylor, the Athletic, here on six ten Sports Radio, and and Nate, I think on Sunday it will wrap up one of the most unbelievable fiscal years in the history of anybody, and I'm talking about Travis Kelsey. You think about a year yes. ago, wins the Super Bowl. And he hosts Saturday Night Live, starts a podcast or two with his brother, and then he starts dating Taylor Swift, and people say he's washed, and then he goes out and crushes people in the postseason. And by people saying he's washed, I mean Carrington Harrison, two to six mm. on 610 Sports Radio, joined us earlier in the show today. Um, so I, I I just think, like, when you look at the, the, the calendar year from, like, February 15th to February 15th or February 1st to February 15th, Who's had a, like, to steal a hardball line, who's had it better than Travis Kelsey over the last year?
2: Man, nobody. And I thought, you know, and it was fair to question at his age with the multiple injuries that he had early in the year, and now the hoopla, I should say, um, was it starting to wear on him, right? Was he physically starting to deteriorate? Um, I'll say it again. I've said it previous times. Um, maybe, he, maybe he hit it at the... Apex moment, fella, because I, I really do believe historically this is supposed to be Travis's Travis Kelsey's last great year. Uh, I know everybody hates it when I say it. Um, but this might be it, guys. Like, who knows if if Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs can get to a third straight Super Bowl, right? That is incredibly hard. So um, this has been the best year of his life. He's acknowledged that, you know, last week, even before we came to Vegas, and obviously he's you know, the quote to uh the quote today that was just absolutely exceptional, and it'll be in my story in the athletic. Is um I've learned that being famous worldwide is a lot different than being famous in Kansas City. Just oh, chef's kiss. So that is his year in an essence. And um, he could be a back-to-back champion. I think he can play a very pivotal role um against the 49ers. Who don't have the best safeties in the league? They have good safeties, but not the best. Uh, so he should have a favorable matchup. And then, yeah, I mean, if you win the Super Bowl and host the Vince Lombardi Trophy, you like. I'm assuming Miss Swift will be down on the field, ready to to give you another kiss with those red lipsticks, or those, excuse me, those red lips. So it's um, you, you 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 even if you tried to create this, um, it would be hard for somebody to believe it in a fictional sense. Uh, so it's kind of like he's he's living a movie or a documentary in a sense, uh, unlike many players ever before in the history of the NFL. Which again, like mind boggling to say out loud.
1: You mentioned uh, Brock Purdy earlier, and can he handle the moment? Is this a a Super Bowl about spags as well? Steve Magnolia's mm. preparation and how well he gets after people, and you look at the the litany of of quarterbacks he has he has attacked in the Super Bowl, let alone uh, this this regular season, but. The impact Steve Spagnolo can have on on this game, I think, is massive, right?
2: For sure. And um, I'm gonna ask a question that I'm sure Kyle Shanahan is asking every night before he goes to bed and every morning he wakes up. What is this man gonna do that is so funky, so out of character, so unorthodox that there's no way for us to prepare because you know, there are snaps and it's it's kind of floating around Twitter. I wonder if you guys have seen it where, hey, we're in condensed splits, which is supposed to prevent you from blitzing. And Steve Spagnuolo says, why don't I blitz both corners? Why don't I blitz the corner on the left and the corner on the right? Good luck to you. So like there's moments like that where you just go, all right, well, if I'm if I'm a Baloa, why is it going from too high to single high to too high? Like I'm confused. Why are you doing that? Uh, Hey, like, why is Jalen Watson blitzing me? He's not even a starter, you know? Um, So there's going to be so many moments where there's going to be a blitz or sort of a cover scheme or why is Tripp McDuffie the safety now, but now Justin Reed's the nickel corner and maybe he's coming off the edge. And I haven't even included what the pass rush plan could be for Chris Jones, right? He could be inside. He could be outside. So you have to account for him. There's just, again, so much mental uh weight on your brain to keep up and to counterattack what Steve Spagnuolo can do so it's a it's a game design for him he's a defensive coordinator that loves to to blitz and loves to do it in a way that is unusual so I'm fascinated again how does Brock Purdy handle things um in the first quarter and in winning time right let's say the game is close to the fourth quarter uh you don't think Steve Spagnuolo is going to be aggressive? Of course he's going to be aggressive. So if you if you pass the test in the first quarter, Brock Purdy, guess what? The test get harder with each passing quarter. Uh, the test is going to be extremely hard. In the fourth quarter, just ask Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: Nate Taylor, The Athletic, with us. And, and Nate, I I guess for me the biggest concern has to be the run defense in this game. I go back to that Buffalo game and hearing Chris Jones going, we got up 182 yards. We can't do that. You know, again, (laughs) what's what's your biggest concern going into this game on Sunday?
2: I don't think it will be a scheme issue necessarily like an X's and O's. Um, I think it does come down to the Jimmy and the Joes, right? I mean, that Jimmy over there and Christian McCaffrey, If Lamar Jackson didn't exist, I want to give him the MVP award. Like, that's how good he's been. And it is so rare for a running back to win the MVP award. I think the last running back who had a similar pace in terms of production was like Todd Gurley in 2018 with the L.A. Rams. That team also went to the Super Bowl. Um, So tackling becomes paramount. Um, Will Drew Tranquil, Willie Gay, and Nick Bolton be on the field? Um, if so, that's probably your best tackling group. Although I know that they're going to try to use Leo Chanel in certain first down, you know, short yardage distances, um, you know, circumstances. Um, and then of course, like, Hey, uh, if the 49ers can run the ball successfully, yeah, it does open up the play action pass. And that has been one of the areas where the Chiefs have struggled. It's one of the areas that uh, Matt LaFleur with the Green Bay Packers, he sort of uh, weaponized it once Drew Tranquil had his concussion. So, again, if they have an injury, if, if Willie Gay can't finish the game because of his neck injury, um, you don't want to give up play-action passes because you've given up so many you know production from the running back in the run game.
1: All right, Eric Biennium became a big story uh, yesterday and visiting the chiefs in, in Baltimore. And I, I think worse. So it's not more so, more so Nate, than, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll talk to you guys in the lobby and say, hello, but drop, <laughs> almost like dropping in on a meetings and giving pep talks and what yeah. have you, um, what do you make of that? And is, is there room for maybe what turned out to be a somewhat missing component? Uh, I, I call it the director of accountability or something. We can make up some title <laughs> or something. Um, is there, is there room for an Eric B return?
2: There's always room, guys. I mean, uh, Andy Reid brought Brad Childress back when Brad Childress, you know, was a head coach, you know, so that's a little bit different than uh, what Eric Vietnamese had to go through, unfortunately. But yeah, I'm going to try to get more details nailed down because Thursday is our final day uh, to talk to the guys before the game. I thought it was fascinating that Andy Reid just wanted to just want to sprinkle that out there. Hey, guys, just. So i to let you know that one of the reasons why my team won is because you dummies didn't want to interview this guy. And he had, I guess, free time on his hands. And with Ron Rivera being fired, he was basically a free agent. So if Clark's cool with it and Pat's cool with it, I'm cool with it. I'll bring him in. And my sense. And again, I'll try to narr- uh, nail this down. My sense is Eric, the enemy basically got to have the last word for Saturday night. The last, like the last thing you should remember, you know, once we leave this hotel ballroom or conference room, go to our separate rooms to get ready for the game. Um, Eric Bintami is going to say something to the team, most notably the offensive players, because that's the side of the ball. He coaches, um, but look, everybody on the team enjoyed seeing him. Um, and so if Eric Bien-Ami, um wants to stay in the NFL and wants to be in a situation where he can succeed. Yeah, the, the Chiefs might be a landing spot for him. Who knows, maybe within the next month, just because um, they proved it last year that he and Matt Nagy could work together um, in in different roles uh, than in before in 2017. And, um, you know, if you want to be an assistant head coach or, uh, you know, a, in a special advisory role, uh, just to look at things from a more granular level, um, then that, then Yeah, that's definitely an option, but um I think it says a lot that the enemy, it, it sort of proves to me how much he loves the game, how much he loves the sport, that he is not getting paid to do this. Uh I know DC and Baltimore are close to one another, but you still got to make a concerted effort to go out there and you got to have something to say to them, even though you haven't coached them all year. And if and he found the right words to say to motivate them to where they could remember it. Uh, apply it, and then, of course, give him credit for it. You know, the Super Bowl, again, like these are just wild things that are happening. But I thought the best quote we got from uh, Patrick Mahomes today was the fact that, like, it gave him chills, that Eric ben words gave Patrick Mahomes chills before the AFC Championship game. And Eric ben is not a part of the staff. So it speaks to the brilliance of, Andy Reid, uh, but I also think it speaks to the love and the admiration uh, that Eric Benemy has for the Chiefs organization.
0: Would he come back as the assistant head coach and Matt would be O.C., or do you bump up Matt to assistant head coach, bring him back as O.C., or do you fire this guy with the wide receivers and make the the wide receiver? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't think that's going to happen. Uh you know it would be fun to watch b coach the receivers cuz could you imagine if someone dropped the ball twice in a game oh my god Darius Tony
0: would not survive Eric b <laughs> um
2: so no i think i think technically right now the assistant head coach is uh Dave Tobe the special teams coordinator i don't know maybe you could jiggle some things around um you know make some title equivalencies um, so it's possible Um, you know, I know the was a very good recruiter in college, but he's made it pretty clear that he wants to be a head coach in the NFL. Uh, the easiest way to do that is to stay in the league. Um, and look, if you need recommendations, um, you know, it's, it's pretty good to have Patrick Mahomes and Matt Nagy and Andy Reid in your corner.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears?